0: A record number of Canadians are inquiring about how to leave their country for good and they're taking their wealth with them. Today I'm going to share with you why from no less than Canada's Financial Post. i'm andrew henderson this is nomad capitalist where we've helped everyone from billionaires to celebrities to seven and eight figure entrepreneurs to legally go where you're treated best i'm also the host of the world's best offshore conference nomad capitalist live and the headline from canada's financial post stood out to me money drain canadian families and entrepreneurs are freeing for better claims having assets in safe jurisdictions outside your country of residence is part of the solution for long lasting wealth Now, when I first started Nomad Capitalist almost a decade ago, and I was just blogging and sharing my experience of traveling the world and doing some of this stuff the hard way, the hard way that I help people avoid every day, people laughed, especially people in Canada, people in Europe, they laughed. Ah, Why would you go anywhere else? Okay, fine, you dumb Americans with your citizenship-based taxation. We're doing great here in Canada. But I had remembered. In the late 90s, growing up, my father would bring home the list of the world's freest economies. And every year, you'd watch the U.S. and other Western countries sink. New Zealand did pretty well. Australia did pretty well. But by and large, the Western economies were going in the wrong direction. Other economies were going in the right direction. And I knew that the writing was on the wall. And now you're seeing the fall of Canada being so well-documented that even the Financial Post wants to talk about it. Here's what they had to say. Rule number one, never lose money. It's Warren Buffett. What are the secrets to generational wealth? Is it someone in the family has created so much wealth that it's impossible to spend or lose? Is it having the best investments, whether that's real estate, stocks, venture capital or crypto? Does having the proper trust structure keep the heirs from spending the wealth unwisely? Or is aggressive tax planning the secret ingredient to the recipe? These questions have been frequently heard in North America and Europe for the past seven decades. But in other parts of the world, such as Cuba, North Korea, China, Venezuela and former members of the Soviet Union, They've felt the effects of totalitarian regimes that have stolen many families' wealths. Other families have maintained their wealth since the 1700s. For example, the Rothschilds family has lived through the French Revolution, the First World War, the Holocaust, the Second World War. If all their assets had been located in one country at a critical point in history, the family could have been wiped out. It's clear, therefore, that part of the solution for long-lasting wealth is having assets in safe jurisdictions outside of your country of residence. This is a form of diversification. Some of a family's financial wealth may be lost during periods of uncertainty, but there is still enough to continue or start new ventures. This speaks to me because for years I've been telling you what I've done, which is diversified my wealth, diversified myself with half a dozen citizenships, half a dozen residences, bank accounts in 20 some countries, investments all over the globe, homes in another six or seven countries and real estate and more. And people have said, oh, you know, you're going to invest in Cambodia. If my investments in Cambodia went to zero, I wouldn't notice it. Basically, the key is to be so diversified that no matter what one country does to you, if one country cancels your passport, which is something that they talked about in Canada recently, if one country raises their taxes, if one country becomes totally against your values of freedom, you have the opportunity. If they want to confiscate your wealth you've got the opportunity to go somewhere else, both physically, but also 1% over here, 3% over there, that's not gonna make a big difference. Most people watching this have 100% of their money in one country, and please don't, don't tell me, oh, I have the, uh, the emerging markets ETF. Yeah, it's sitting in New York. That's where, the, that's where the money's sitting, okay? That's all in a US fund or a Canadian fund or whatever it may be. I'm talking about real diversification to where if something bad happens, we now have a war in our hands. We've seen what happened in the last two years where governments get get grabby. We've seen what happened in the last 10 to 20 years where governments take money from pensions, governments bail in banks. These things that are happening right now are only being used as reasons for them to do that more and more. They're gonna take full advantage uh, of the situation in Eastern Europe. They're gonna take full advantage of everything going on in the world right now to grab more of your money and put more restrictions on you and close your ability to have options that's what they're doing right now where they're trying to to push citizenship by investment to be less interesting to people they want golden visas to be less interesting they want to take away your freedom to choose they've got you right where they want you i've been saying this for nearly a decade and now more people than ever are listening people used to laugh they're not laughing anymore many in the financial industry speak of diversification across asset classes such as stocks canada versus global this is a canadian newspaper no doubt but you can apply any country, your country versus global, bonds and alternative investments like real estate, private equity, even crypto. But what many forget is jurisdictional risk. Exactly what we've been saying here for a long time. You have insurance and you have diversification and you have hedges against pretty much everything else in your portfolio. You probably wouldn't put all your money in Tesla stock. Yes, some people do. But if you want to be diversified, you have investments in different areas. You have some equity in your home, you have stocks, you have cryptocurrency. That's how people do it. I was watching Kevin O'Leary, who's from Canada recently, talk about he likes to have a certain amount in real estate, a certain amount of here, and now he's 20% in crypto. And so you want to have that diversification. But people don't consider jurisdictional risk because they think they know their country. But what they probably know is what the legacy of their country that happened over hundreds of years or at least decades that is now eroding. And yet people don't see their country eroding, partially because it doesn't behoove them to see it eroding. Canada has, since its inception, inception rather in 1867, been a beacon for hardworking individuals and families from around the world. Our rule of law and lack of corruption made Canada a sought-after place to raise a family, work, or create a business. Could things change to such a good degree that the risk of forfeiture of assets to the crown becomes a significant risk? No. Why? Now, I don't want to be doom and gloom certainly what we've seen is that the canadian government the u.s government the australian government british government other western governments and a few non-western governments has been pretty aggressive in terms of their proposals and in terms of what they're actually doing freezing bank accounts doing all kinds of stuff including without due process are they going to come and wipe you out possibly not but i i do push back on this because what we saw this year was four you could argue five countries that were formerly communist in your lifetime beat the united states in terms of economic freedom can things change to such a dramatic extent yes they can go and look at countries that in your lifetime were part of the soviet union some of those have opened up to become some of the most economically free countries with low tax rates uh you know open markets there have been dramatic changes in your lifetime there have been markets that have come from being backwaters depending on how old you are it could be in malaysia it could be a singapore or south korea nobody wants to remember where singapore was in the 1970s for example uh, but look at how dramatically things changed. And that change can happen the other way as well. Then countries forget their way. The path is obfuscated, the article says, because the risks are significant. A combination of progressive and high taxation along with a significant overstep in regulations and the loss of the individual's rights and freedoms. Talking about the West, this is akin to the story of the frog being slowly boiled. By the time he feels uncomfortable, it's already too late to, be jump-, to jump out. And that's exactly how so many people view their country. People tell me, I will leave when it gets bad enough. But how will you know when it gets bad enough? When they start listening to your phone calls? When they start bailing in your bank account? When they start putting together the apparatus to do who knows what else? When they start trying to impose a wealth tax? When they do any number of other things that limit your wealth and limit your freedom? How will you know when things get bad enough? I've said... I'd rather be years too early than a day too late. And a lot of people, I can tell, because I look at the, the volume of people who call Nomad Capitalist, Joe Biden gets inaugurated, volume triples. For the entire first half of the year, we're inundated with people who are worried about Joe Biden. Now, I'm not angry at you. I'm happy to be able to serve those people. But I'll tell you this, they would have probably been able to find a cheaper solution. It could have been executed faster. Uh, they would have had more options had they called three years ago when they felt comfortable even though three years ago the United States had passed uh, the largest and most aggressive retroactive tax probably in the history of the world but the president that did it was someone they liked and so they overlooked that and they focused only on the fact that hey you know the water's getting a little warm this is pretty comfortable and so like a, a frog in a boiling pot of water, you want to ensure that you are not being complacent. You want to find opportunities to diversify now. Even to this day, I tell people, you know what? Why don't you set up a bank account somewhere else? So if something happens, it doesn't have to be the government, by the way. It could be the bank, it could be whatever else. If something happens to your bank in your home country, you got some funds to keep going for a while. Maybe you're keeping a couple extra cans of tuna fish in case you, know, you think there'll be some problems. Uh, you keep that in the cupboard. Why don't you have a bank account somewhere else? You fully make it legal. You report it. Why don't you you do that? And people agree with me, but sometimes I've got a hard time getting people to put five grand. They got, you know, $5 million. Put five grand in some other bank account somewhere. I I don't know, the opportunity cost. All right. Well, then you go out in the streets of Canada and you see people people having their bank accounts frozen because they gave 50 bucks to a protest. And then you wish you had some money in the other account, if nothing else, to pay your legal bills. It'll already be too late to jump out, says the article. And that leads us to these current times. I've seen an exodus of family enterprises and entrepreneurs from Canada. So have we. During the last few years, and the flow is getting faster. These families have been moving human and financial capital to safer claims. These aren't a bunch of trust fund babies. I hear you, right? As much as people want to say, oh, it's just a bunch of trust fund kids. I started with zero. I started with some good advice, but I started with zero and 9 out of 10 people in North America did too. Don't believe the leftist media. They're not a bunch of trust fund babies, but individuals who can see opportunity and devote their efforts to it. People who find opportunities in other countries that are better. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. But what they have is a good understanding of the risks for families of meaningful wealth we're not suggesting this is the article speaking. The use of ultra secretive low tax offshore jurisdictions which due to the common reporting standard have become much less secretive and he's correct. Bank secrecy in most forms is now dead. There is certain amount of bank secrecy if you live in a country where the bankers are in bed with the cartel and they're sharing your information, you want to bank somewhere else to protect yourself from exposing your wealth but from the government, from the taxman, yeah, that's pretty much dead. And I've always said you want to play it by the book. You want to follow the rules. If you don't want to know, if you don't want Canada to know what you're doing, you have the ability to leave Canada and go somewhere else. You can cancel your, your tax status there. You can keep your citizenship, cancel your tax status. You can go live somewhere else and you can play by their rules. Something to think about. But as long as you live in Canada, I would encourage you to follow all the rules and regulations that come with having these foreign accounts. Same as with living in the U.S. or anywhere else. And so bank secrecy doesn't exist, but at least you can have some diversification. The goal was really, from my perspective, never to hide money. The goal was simply to have it somewhere else where it's harder to get. Some of the same rules don't apply. They can't push one button and bail you in. You want to be diversified because you can't imagine how many things. If you would have gone back 20 years and had to make up and had to to think about everything that was going to happen this century, could you have done it? I'm guessing you probably couldn't have and imagine all the crazy things that would have happened to separate you from your wealth and your freedom. But for the record, the article says the United States is becoming the most significant offshore haven to the world because it's not a member of Sierra, something that I don't necessarily think should be should be promoted as widely. But certainly uh, some people do view the U.S. as a safe haven and the U.S. is exempt from some of the rules it sets. Uh, Use that with caution and do so legally. What should be completed is a thoughtful analysis of various countries, the pros and cons of them, with the objective being to determine if there are better countries where the ownership of an investment should reside and where the wealth creator should hold a passport or live. The key to success is to never lose money. And as Warren Buffett's rule number two states, never forget rule number one. So here's someone who is suggesting exactly what I've said all along. The goal isn't just, as someone on social media recently asked, tell me the exact cost to open a bank account. You're missing the point. You want someone who can examine all the possible options, not just for banking, but for everything else that you're doing. If you have stocks, if you have anything, right? Where's your residence? Where's your citizenship? Where do you pay taxes? Are there investment opportunities somewhere else? Can you invest your way to a citizenship? These things all go together. And if you are a wealthy family, you want to understand how to protect your money. You can potentially make much more money in high probability markets where things are actually going up, not just because of a housing bubble in Canada, but because there's actual sustainable growth in markets like the aforementioned Cambodia that haven't had a recession in three uh, decades, uh, that are dollarized. I mean, those are the kind of places that one can look at. And of course, much more developed markets. Nobody's saying you should be putting all your money in a Cambodian bank account. We talk about diversification where you pick the best of everything for everything that you have. This article in Canada's Financial Post summarizes exactly what I've been telling you for 10 years. Whether you're living in Canada, the United States, or any other Western country, your legacy brand country has lost some of its veneer. You are not going to really lose anything by moving part of your money from Canada to Singapore, Canada to Switzerland, Canada to anywhere else. You probably only have something to gain and so diversifying yourself is going to save you from all the different things that, you, that later will look back and say, I can't believe that ever happened. Don't stop now. We've got well over a thousand more videos here on YouTube for you to watch and learn how to go where you're treated best. And if you want to work with Nomad Capitalist personally, go to nomadcapitalist.com slash apply, learn about our unique tried and true process, garnered over years of experience and learn how you can become our client.